This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Kids can do so many activities that are good for them these days. The challenge is getting them to participate on a regular basis and to do it because they love it. The idea behind activities like kids yoga is for kids to learn the value of practice and to develop trust in their own instincts about what they enjoy. And the secret is fun. Today on Parent Savers, we're talking with Jamie Brody from Cosmic Kids Yoga about kids yoga and the big picture around their participation. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Did you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome, everybody, to Parent Savers, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Parent Savers is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for parents from the newborn years through kindergarten. I'm your host, John O'Reill. Thanks for joining us. Thanks again to all of our loyal listeners who join us week in and week out, and thanks also to those who are listening for the first time. As you may know, you can join our Parent Savers Club and receive access to special bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts from time to time. And if you haven't already, please make sure to download the free Parent Savers app, available in the Android and iTunes Marketplace and for Windows Phone, so you can automatically have access Access to all the great parenting advice and conversation we have on Parent Savers every week. Let's start today's conversation by meeting everyone who's joining us to talk about kids yoga and getting them to participate. My name's Jonner, and I have three boys, a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and an almost three-year-old. And we have taken um, a sample kids yoga class, and they really, really loved it, and they've enjoyed the Cosmic Kids videos as well. My name is Stacy Spensley. I'm 31 years old. I'm a holistic health coach, and I have one son who's almost 15 months old. He has not done yoga yet, but I like to drop him off at the child care center when I go to yoga. <laughs> uh, my name is Erin Estevez. I have one boy. He is two and a half, and he loves cosmic yoga, cosmic kid yoga, definitely. And Jamie, tell us a little about yourself. Ah, yes. I am Jamie Brody, and I am 34 years old. I am a kids yoga instructor. And I don't have any children of my own, but I teach about 100 kids a week live and about 50,000 virtual kids every day via YouTube. Nice. (laughs) Great. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From time to time on Parent Savers, we take a look at the best apps that we found for parents and things that we would definitely recommend for you to check out and that could be a benefit to your family. And today we're going to talk about an app called Imagination Questions Fun Deck, and it's from Super Duper Publications. It's available on iTunes only. It's $3.99, which is kind of a premium price for an app, but I actually... um, 
we got this app after I saw my son play it at his speech class, um, and he enjoyed it so much, and it just kind of blew me away what it does, and it's something that I'm not even sure I would have guessed beforehand he, he would have thought was cool, but it just completely blew his imagination wide open, and it was great. And so what it basically is, it's a series, I think it's 56 different questions, and the app is really slick because you can add as many different quote-unquote players as you want, and then it'll automatically generate sort of a question with a picture, and they don't even have to be able to read. He can't read but he can play this. Uh, and so this one has like an alligator inside a present. And then all you got to do is touch it and it'll read it to you. You got a pet alligator for your birthday. How will you take care of it? Seems like a really basic question, but the kids love when it's their turn and getting to kind of share how they're going to take care of something like an alligator. Another question is like this. Imagine you are the king or queen in a castle. What is your day like? Now, on one hand, I feel kind of bad that how come I, as their dad, can't just engage them on this level, but it was really neat to see them get engaged. We were able to play with our seven-year-old, our five-year-old, and our two-year-old, and the two-year-old was having just as much fun, would love it when it was his turn, and then be formulating these sentences, and that's actually a really important skill for kids that are learning to talk. And I think that's why he did it in speech class, too, because it really made them force, uh, it, it forced Whitaker to say his sounds. So definitely, if, you have, if you're looking for something to either engage with your kids or for them to practice their speaking, um, which definitely recommend Imagination Questions Fun Deck from Super Duper Publications. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on Parent Savers, we're talking about kids yoga with uh, Jamie Brody from Cosmic Kids Yoga. So, Jamie, what is different about kids yoga versus regular yoga? Geared, regular yoga, not toga, toga, toga. <laughs> What's different about kids yoga than regular yoga geared towards adults? It's all about the togas. It's all about the Greek mythology. No, it's right. um, the main difference between kids yoga and adult yoga is this this great sense of fun and silliness that you get in a kids yoga class. In an adult yoga class, you tend to get quite a serious group of people who all take themselves very seriously, who want to do the yoga as well as they can and get a lot of focus out of their practice. And that's great. Um, but with kids, it's about sense of humor. It's about silliness. It's about falling over. And it's also about learning about yourself, which is actually what yoga is about. Um, but it's also a story. It's fun. It's something that they can follow a sequence through. Um, and that's what makes it really um really fun for kids to participate yeah i've enjoyed the few regular yoga classes i've taken um but i also thought it was super fun when we have done kids yoga and i think that this would be fun to kind of translate some of these concepts to adults um how did you get started working with kids in yoga how do you become a kids yoga instructor yeah, well, I started practicing yoga myself as a teenager, and then I went to drama school to train how to become an actress, and I carried on practicing yoga as I was acting and living in London, and um, in between my acting jobs, I would entertain at children's parties, so I would dress up as a fairy or a Disney princess, and I would have to tell stories in these parties, and I found with my yoga practice, I could combine those yoga poses with the stories I was telling, and the kids would follow along and love it and just adore what was going on and I felt there was something in it and then I, I came across this woman called Fenella Linzel who over here has really pioneered kids yoga and I went and trained with her 
And I found um, her training enlightening. And at the same time, I also trained to become an adult yoga teacher. Um, and um, I then started going into schools and offering this as an idea for an after-school program and got some really good responses. Uh, initially, the teachers in the schools were a little dubious as to how it worked, but all it took was them to see a trial and see how the kids got engaged and participated. I then grew it up from there, building into lots of different schools programs, physical ed, building into breakfast programs and lunch programs. So now I teach at, in schools and nurseries all around the area where I live. That's great. And you have these YouTube videos too. How does that work? Yes. So um, Martin knew that um, there was, there's got to be a way of getting my stories out there. And he said, why don't we just go down to our local village hall and put up a green screen and film it? <laughs> and we can drop in any background we like, you know, a cartoon background of some description. And I said, that's a great idea. But I like the idea of wearing something that isn't kind of, you know, archetypal yoga teacher, kind of tight fitting lycra. Let's wear something that makes me just fun, pink onesie. Um, and I told a few of my stories. And the first one was Squish the Fish. And it was about the fifth yoga story I'd ever written. And, um, and we just trialed it. We put it out there like everyone does on YouTube. You just put it out there and see what happens and it grew really kind of steadily but uh, but quite quickly so yeah we have this little team of us there's me uh, who writes the stories and performs them and I try them out with my classes uh, my real-time classes with kids at schools to see that they work and then we go down to our local village hall the, vi the village hall is so British to me it really is. <laughs> <That's> so, <laughs> it really is. That's so charming. And so and you still do it in the in, in the, the village in the community center, basically the village hall. It totally is. Yeah, absolutely. It saves us a lot of time. So we've actually just in the last couple of months changed, and now we're going to this this college, which is brilliant because it saves us about two hours of setting up, which um which is brilliant. Yeah, because the green screen, and that's so important with what you do with the green screen too, to have kind of the backgrounds. Indeed. And, and our friend Dylan, who lives in Sydney in Australia, he's a brilliant graphic artist. And he's also a drum and bass producer, which is quite cool. His, um, he, um, he creates these amazing backgrounds for Cosmic Kids. So obviously the colorful backgrounds and the, uh, these great, fantastic stories sort of attract kids. But what do you see for parents and kids? Do you see hesitation in them getting started and participating? Uh in terms of the live classes, I see them needing to check it out first. Definitely. They need to watch it and understand what it is first before they, they step in and have a go. And I think that's the same with the YouTube videos. All it takes is seeing it. Um, and then you just you either feel compelled to join in and join along or you don't. Um, but what we want to do is make it as available, make it free and make it something that can be put on whenever a child feels they want to. Because that was what I was finding with my prescription timed classes timetabled classes is that the kids don't necessarily feel like doing it at the time that you've prescribed so having it available on YouTube means you take that pressure off and the kids can participate when they feel like participating um, and it's a question of making it easy enough for them to do if the kids feel they get a sense of achievement from doing it then they'll want to come back and try it again and again yeah and, and that really is so what, a neat thing about being able to do the YouTube videos is, you know, with things like in-person music classes or in-person classes, it's, is it timed right with the nap or if the kid's not like right in the good spot, especially young kids, like coming up on two years older around there but, and even older too, if they're just not in the right spot, I mean, is it, it's not even necessarily worth it to force them to do something. It needs to be yeah, something that exactly. they are happy and, and feel good about. 
That's totally right. I mean, I think that's the thing is you just you can't force a child to do anything really. I mean, they will they will kick and scream, <laughs> and um, and they they don't want no one wants to be told what to do. If I can make what I do fun, then that will attract the kids. That's like a magnet to kids. Well, you know, going back to what you were saying earlier about having to have a look see before stepping in, yeah, and that you you really focus on making it appetizing or you know tantalizing with the fun to the children so I decided to look to watch one of your videos before presenting it to my son Mm -hmm. but as is the case he was in the room when I put it on I did not expect any sort of reaction from him Mm -hmm. and I was floored literally floored (laughs) when he dropped on the floor into the poses (laughs) and he's pulling me down and patting on the ground saying mama down mama down because he wanted really? me to, to do the yoga with you. And I was, like I said, floored. So, oh, <laughs> so I think that's, that's great. Right. And that's something that I think is also about the, the concept. Because I wanted to really make it feel that the, the person on the other end of that screen, it feels like I'm really connecting with them. So I do look directly into the lens of the camera thinking about looking into the eyes of the child that I'm teaching and I think you know that connection can be felt by the children and they understand kind of instinctively like you say Erin that that they are able to follow along and and they see it's easy and kids love using their bodies so any opportunity they get to stick their leg in the air or go Mm -hmm. upside down they're there even when they shouldn't be doing that (laughs) stuff they like to do it Yeah. Let's take a quick break and then let's look at for different age groups because I know that it changes a bit from like a two-year-old or a five-year-old. Some of the stuff they think is fun. There's overlap, but maybe some different stuff too. So we'll take a quick break and then we'll be right back and talk about yoga for different age kids. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we're talking about kids yoga and the big picture around their participation and why it's so important with Jamie Brody from Cosmic Kids Yoga. Uh, so let's talk about yoga for different age kids. Stacy, you had a question. Yeah, I'm just curious. My son is almost 15 months old, and he's like any toddler, very active and runs me ragged. And and I know a lot of the classes here that are like mommy and me yoga are for, you know, babies because it's, you know, when they're having mommy do it mostly. And then they start around like age two or so. And so I'm kind of I'm curious, but like, when do you recommend starting or, you know, how young can they be and kind of what, what does it entail? Cause I mean, he's, he's a toddler. He kind of does what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, I found it so different. I've got some toddlers who have walked into the class and they're, they're pretty much the same age as your son and they are more sorted than the four-year-olds and the five-year-olds. They will sit down and they will get on and do it. And I just firmly believe that every child is different. You can't have a hard, fast rule for any one of them. Hence, um, giving them a shot in front of a YouTube video, just putting it on, like Erin found with her little boy, um, he either drops into it or he doesn't. He watches it, he walks away, but you've got to give them time, really. And like uh, John was saying about not forcing them, and I think that freedom for them to choose to decide is the big factor in it, um, because if they choose to de- and decide to do it, then 
then they'll do it. Um, that's, that's often what I've found. It's giving them time. And also, if I can interject, I think it's not expecting them to do the the sequence in its entirety. You know, Cash, the, the some of your videos are about 15 minutes and he won't. Yeah, he doesn't stand through the whole thing, but he does have fun in the bits and pieces that he goes along with. At this point, he like his his main yoga move is chewing on my yoga mat. But he's so. really good at, at child pose, right? I mean, when you think about that, I mean, fifteen months it's it's not long to have existed on the planet, and um, to get them kind of coordinating of what's going on in front of them, what's going on around them, it's incredible actually that they do do anything. And right. chewing on your yoga mat is a, is a good start. It's obviously <laughs> tasting very very good. So he also he likes unrolling it too. So aside from eating the Subway sandwich buns, I mean, the yoga mats. Um, what does yoga look like for two to three-year-olds? What kind of poses do you do? How do your stories kind of unfold? Um, they tend to be very repetitious, um, very simple. I'll use stories that I know that they are kind of familiar with. So I'll use stories like The Very Hungry Caterpillar, um, stories that they'll have had read at bedtime. And they might not even be stories at that age, because actually the idea of them following a story with a beginning, a middle, and an end is quite a tough concept for someone under the age of two um so i tend to just repeat postures um we'll just move our bodies we'll say hello sun reaching up we'll reach down and say hello earth and i'll go through a bunch of kind of postures that i'll know they relate to they're often learning with board books at that age about cats dogs balls boats and things like that but wonderfully all of those things often can correlate to a yoga posture so i'll tend to use books pictures and music singing is a really good one to use in when they are younger that's great and so then as they get older like coming up on four years old three or four as they get older so as they get up to three and four i tend to find that they're much more tuned into sharing things under the age of three sharing isn't a concept they get so three and four means you can have a much more dynamic class because they understand the concept of turn taking um so i will actually introduce more of a basic story i'll still use lots of singing i'll i'll still use lots of kind of nursery rhymes and that sort of thing anything that i know they have knowledge of that they can join in with is going to help them connect with the yoga yeah they may enjoy they may understand it then that doesn't mean they like it but when but when they are engaged in something that's fun well that's what cool about things like this at home if you try to get a kid to share or take turns it can be really hard but in a new dynamic fun experience like kids yoga or cosmic kids yoga i feel like they're they're accessing different parts of their brain and they're really tuned in and that's when they put that stuff in action also i don't think they realize that it's it's a technique right you know or that it's a sport of sorts for them it's just fun it's this funny story about a frog or squish the fish and you know who's that monkey what (laughs) yeah exactly I think the other thing that really helps three and four year olds is when they see other kids doing it I think that's the same for two to three year olds because often when they see an older child doing it they want to copy them you know they do that monkey see monkey do thing you know they want to copy and want to be like that child over there so that can often be another really encouraging thing for kids yeah and especially with like siblings too Um, you'll see kind of the younger siblings pulled up by the older one yeah so then do you have different videos for each of these age groups I don't necessarily because I I mean I do recommend certain videos that are better because they go a bit slower and ones that are more complex for say the older kids um but I tend to find 
it's best to leave it open for the kids to choose. Um, I don't really think grading them in any way helps the kids because I think some kids at the age of three are perfectly capable of doing Mike the Cosmic Space Monkey, which um, is a video I've really, and a story I've, I've really tuned in for kids that are sort of five and up over, but you can get three-year-olds who absolutely adore the story. Um, so I don't really like um, sticking a label on them and saying this one is for this age, this one is for this age. I think the fact that they're all there and the kids can try them out is is the main thing. The freedom. Would you have a recommendation for someone like Stacy who wanted to check one out, or is it kind of the same thing? Just look at them and see what what feels good. Yeah, I mean, I always I always think actually Squish is a really good one to start with, only because it is so steady and um, the, the flow of the story is pretty simple. Um, it's not got much complexity to it, um, and I think it's usually quite a good start for the younger end. Have you seen any benefits for yoga for kids with special needs? I have. I have actually, um, yeah, I've got um, I've got a little boy called David who's got a mild form of cerebral palsy in my classes, and he is he absolutely loves it. The thing that he loves about it the most is the equality he has with the other children in the room. So the, he's at a mainstream school. He, what he loves is he can follow along just like the other kids. He's not judged, not competitive, and he gets this amazing sense of achievement from every time he he practices. The other thing that's great for him is because he has this stiffness. Um, as, as is the, um, the, the symptom, obviously, of cerebral palsy, which is really eased by learning how to relax his muscles. So he takes so much away from the relaxations we do at the end of the class, the breath work we do, which really helps him regulate and settle himself. Um, and it's a cope- it helps him with coping strategies because often children with special needs, they have these coping strategies where they shake, their hands can go a bit wild um, and having the tools to know how to calm down is is a really incredible thing. Yeah, it's incredible. That's awesome. And I, I think it's so neat that we're, as Stacey was saying, like there's yoga classes for like with babies that are basically tailored towards moms to be able to keep doing yoga. But it's neat to see it focused on the kids and helping them get the benefits and also have yeah. fun as a fun activity that's also exercise too. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, that's, the, that's the, the magic of yoga really is that the fact is it is the connection of your body and your mind and you do that via your breath and, um, and for kids, the vehicle to get them to do it is the fun. Um, but when you synchronize those things together, your, your body, mind and your breath, you're in flow. You're strong. You're powerful. You're, you've got direction and purpose. And it's the route to, to mental health, really, um, to be able to connect those parts of your body and your brain. I also think it's excellent for helping children recognize their individuality. Yeah. You know, because a lot of kids, especially children of stay-at-home moms, you know, they have a lot of difficulty in recognizing that they are a person unto themselves, you know, and that's where yes. the separation anxiety yeah. comes out from. So I think that being able to to really embrace the yoga, the mind, the body and the breath helps them realize yeah. that they are themselves that's so it's so true and often you find with kids that actually they like taking ownership of the activity as their own just like every child takes something different from it their own independent way of doing it and they they take ownership of it and it gives them this amazing independence you're right it does all right well we need to wrap the conversation up unfortunately is there anything else you want to make sure to talk about about either kids yoga about cosmic kids yoga or really about just tips to getting kids to participate in activities like this 
I mean, the way that we can get kids to really engage and participate is by making it as free and available as we can. Um, and by, like you say, said at the beginning, by not forcing them to do it, but by just making it available to them so they can try it when they want to. Um, and one thing that's quite quite nice about regular practice of it is that the children will start to notice themselves the benefits that they're getting. Um, they'll start to notice that they're feeling much calmer. They'll start to notice that they're feeling much stronger. And it's really nice to hear that feedback from them. So when you see a child starting to participate, ask them what they love about it, ask them to put words to it. And also another good thing is to be really impressed by them. So praise them because when they get that praise, they fill with confidence. And that confidence is something that will take them to the next stage and the next stage. And it carries through in everything. And I really believe that children's yoga, kids' yoga, is a great way of increasing a child's learning ability. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Jamie. Pleasure. Um, and thanks so much for the conversation. For more information about Cosmic Kids Yoga and getting kids to participate, uh, please check out the episode page on our website. The conversation will continue for members of our Parent Savers Club after the show. Uh, we'll talk a little more about creative ways to work yoga into your family routine. For more information about the Parent Savers Club, visit our website, parentsavers.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Hey, Parent Savers, this is Detective Damian Jackson with the Escondido Police Department's Family Protection Unit and the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force here in San Diego, California. As part of the Escondido Police Department's ongoing series of community outreach education to help families enhance their personal safety, I'm here today to talk to you about what I call Facebook floaters. In one of our previous segments, I talked about how unfiltered Facebook settings will make your personal information available to any stranger on the Internet. Very bad news indeed. Well, now that you've taken that advice and cleaned up your settings so that only those on your friend list can see your information, let's talk about another issue to address. Those people on your friend list that I refer to as the Facebook floaters. What is a Facebook floater? Let's dig into it. Amassing a huge number of friends on Facebook is very important if we're talking about a page for your business or for our police department, for example. This is a good thing as you want to get the word out and gain as many followers as you can to promote your business or the services you provide to the community. However, Facebook for business and Facebook for personal use are two very different animals. For a business page, you're not going to include your personal information or pictures of your family. For your personal page, you probably will include these things. My suggestion is this. Look at all of the people on your friend list and go through each one individually. As you pull up each person, ask yourself, what exactly is my relationship with this person? And how comfortable am I having this person knowing all of the same information that I would share with an immediate family member? You might be surprised how many people are on that list that you either don't really know at all and have never even met in person, or that you haven't even seen them in 20 years. Again, if it's someone you've never met in person, how comfortable are you really in sharing your personal information with them? Removing them from your list is really no loss at all, and it protects you and your family members all the much more. For more information on how you can keep your family safe, visit us on Facebook or Twitter 
at forward slash Escondido Police. With the Escondido Police Department and the San Diego Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, I'm Detective Damian Jackson reminding you and your family to be smart and be safe. That wraps up today's episode of Parent Savers. We appreciate you listening. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, The Boob Group for Moms Who Breastfeed, and Twin Talks for Parents of Multiples. This is Parent Savers, empowering new parents. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.